The Writer's Advice podcast is brought to you by Booksprout. Now, Booksprout is the go-to for any reader or any writer. If you are a reader who wants to receive free books, but not only um, just free books, free books before they even hit the shelves, then you need to become a part of Booksprout right now. You can literally sign up for free and download all of your favorite authors that are part of Booksprout's books um, to review them and read them for free, download to your Kindle as soon as possible. So if you are an avid reader, I highly recommend jumping on Booksprout. But if you are a writer and you have something that you're working on, you want to gain reviews, you want to chat to people, you want to get more in contact with the people that are reading your book and are claiming your book and reading them and posting your reviews and creating that community, then you want to become a part of Booksprout as well. You can upload all your advanced reader copies on there, um, get them out to as many readers as you can possible and also gain their feedback and gain their reviews because we all know as writers how important reviews are for general sales and to get your amazing creative work out there. So head to booksprout.com to learn more about it or hit me up, hit me up on any of my socials, Olivia Hillier author, if you want to chat to me more about Booksprout and how it works. Now let's get into this amazing episode with incre- incredible um, interview that we have on today. And if you absolutely love this, wherever you're listening to this, Spotify, Apple, any other um, listening platform that you are listening to this podcast right now, it would mean the world to me if you do love this to just quickly click a little on the little stars there, give it a five-star review and and leave a little comment about how you've been loving these episodes as well. Um, it means the world to help keep sharing this, epi- uh, this episode, not just this episode, but all the episodes of the Writers of Advice, po- Advice podcast and sharing it with more incredible writers and readers. So thank you. Let's get into it. Writers Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back to the Writer's Advice podcast, everyone. I am very excited because today on the Writer's Advice podcast, we have sci-fi and fantasy author Maria V. Snyder. So thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, well, thank you for inviting me. I always love chatting about books and writing. It's fun. Yes. (laughs) I'm so excited to to dive into this chat with you. Now, I really want to dive into um, your newest release and um poison study and and all about it but first I want to go all the way back to the start and be like how did how how did this all begin for you like when did um when did you first start toying with the idea of becoming a writer well it was um probably in well in college I had I loved to read and I was pretty creative but I was taking I was studying meteorology which was pretty much all like math and science and and very strict, but I love to read and I had a creative side. So I thought maybe I'd try my hand at writing. And I did write like a a short story or the start of a short story, but it was awful, just awful. (laughs) I wasn't very good with the whole um, sentences and and, uh, tense. My tenses were everywhere. The point of view was everywhere. It it was funny, kind of put that aside. And then I got my first job as an environmental meteorologist. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, and that was doing air quality studies and it was interesting work. We were consulting. So we had had clients that would need, would need like air permits and things like that and, and monitoring. Uh, So I would, I would help with that. But in the summers, it got very slow. Yeah. So I just started jotting down story ideas while I was bored at work (laughs) and, uh, just, you know, came up with a bunch of different short story ideas. So I started writing short stories, thinking that they were easier. They're not. Yeah. No. I want to dive into this with you a little bit. I, I want to, <laughs> I don't mean to interrupt, but I find it really interesting that you say that because I think it's so interesting. I think a lot of writers will start with a short story idea. I think short stories are so much harder. Like you have to fit so much into the, to the, uh, you know a short space but you've you've been in anthologies and have written lots of like short stories as well so that's something you continued on with I did I did I mean I wrote a bunch before uh writing Poison Study which is my first book and uh, they every time I had a critique group and every time I would give them this short story which I thought was complete they'd say oh this is a great beginning to a novel it's like no (laughs) Uh, yeah so I had all these beginnings. I think it wasn't until I submitted like the 15th short story where they finally said, okay, yes, this is a short story. Uh, but by then I was working on my novel and that kind of took uh, took over uh, because yeah. uh, I had little kids at home and I only had you know a small amount of writing time. But I did, I did get better with the short stories and I did uh, publish in a bunch of anthologies and I just yeah. recently collected all those short stories into my own collection. Yes. In fact, well, uh, up to the challenge because it was the short stories anthologies would invite me. They had themes like, you know, we're going to write, you know, about vampires. Can you write a short story about a vampire? And I'm, I don't normally write about vampires. So it was like, can I? And I thought, well, you know, it's a challenge if I, you know, if I can't do it, they just won't take the story. So then I had fun playing in other sandboxes. So I wrote yes. short stories, vampires and werewolves and and a horror story. I've never written horror before, but I was like, ah, it's a challenge. So that's why I named the collection Up to the Challenge, because I think that those stories are like, they kind of prove that, yes, I can, I can write a vampire story and uh, a horror story. So it was fun. Absolutely. And I, it's, it's so great when someone comes to you and be like, oh, so can you write about this? Because otherwise you wouldn't have thought it yourself. And it's like, yeah, so true. Yeah. Can I? <laughs> like, let's can give I? this a go. <laughs> right, right. I mean, the one the one uh, uh, anthology was about uh, science fiction written only by women. So it was called No Man's Land. Yeah. And uh, the editor really wanted a story from me, but I don't write military science fiction. And she just started throwing, I'm like, I don't even have an idea. And she just started throwing ideas out at me, like, like just a ton. And I, I, you know, I sparked on one about a woman who is really good at diffusing bombs. I'm like, I don't know. Well, let's just go with that. <laughs> and it ended up being one of my favorite stories. Uh, so I had fun. In fact, I, I wrote a second story in that world just because I had so much fun with it. I, I There's so much I want to dive into that because there's also like a lot of research. Even it, like you have to put behind different things like that to make sure that you're, you know, at, it can still be in that sci-fi fantasy well but also you know you've got things that have to make you know some some sort of logical sense within it as well so and with that on the sci-fi front like how how do you go about research like is that yeah well I have the meteorology degree background Mm. 
Yeah. So I have a pretty strong science background and I did yeah. take some astronomy classes and physics classes to go along with that degree. Uh, a lot of thermodynamics, which eight o'clock in the morning, not fun. <laughs> I am not a morning person. So it was just like they were speaking in a completely different language. I'm surprised I passed these classes. <laughs> but that's that's a divergence. Um, I did take a, uh, the, um, the University of Wyoming does this launch pad uh, with the science fiction writers of America. And um, they it's a week-long astronomy class for writers who are writing about um, you know space and science fiction and stuff like that. So it's like a crash course. I felt like after this week, they were like 12-hour days that I should have gotten a bachelor's degree. That's how much <laughs> stuff I learned. Wow. In like seven days. Yes, it was amazing. But it helped me with a lot of the... Um, things like with time travel, like not time travel, but like the time dilation and how big space is because it's just immense. And, you know, we have so many books where they're zipping around different galaxies and it's like, well, you know, how are you getting there? So, and I know it's science fiction for a reason because you have to do uh, what uh, they say, hand wavium, you know, a little hand wavium to get yeah. to point B quickly. Yeah. But, yeah, so I did that class too, and that really helped as well. I was going to say, that, that's an amazing class to do. Like, I want, I want to be able to jump in on that. That's insane. I, like, like, and, you know, so I want to um, talk about, because I, I always find science fiction very interesting of the fine lines of what exactly what you said. You can't, you have to put it within the world, but do the hand wavy and thing of, like, where, like mm. where, where do you say that line is for if someone is working on something like that? Do you, well, I guess it depends. Yeah, it depends on the the science fiction you're writing because science fiction to me comes down into two camps. Yeah. One is the hard sci-fi. Yeah. Where the people writing that are really trying to figure out how they can do this. Yeah. You know, it's very realistic and the, the amount of fudging they do is like based on science. Yeah. And then there's the softer science fiction where we don't get down to exactly how this engine will be able to crinkle space you know we just say it's a crinkler engine and just go with it you know yeah. you move more into the fantasy of it yeah right yeah. right no it's just there here's this engine and this is what it does and that's all like you know with like anti-gravity okay we don't have gravity now we have gravity because we have this device yeah but the hard the hard science fiction and i'm going to say guys because it's mostly the male authors that really yep. get into the minutia of of exactly how they would create this 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 engine, you know, and and they get real technical about it. And you know, there's people who love that kind of book, but that's just not me. I rather focus on the characters. The yeah. science fiction is basically a setting. Yeah. Yeah. For me, but I do like to get it accurate because I like to have people who are like astrophysics majors like email me and tell me, wow, you know, you got it. <laughs> right it's like gonna say, that's gonna yeah. feel good right yeah. <laughs> that's amazing now so was this always the genre that you started in you said that you had that I mean I love hearing about everyone who has that story that they will they've first started and wrote and never wanted to see the light of day again but I think that, that proves how much you grow as a writer so I think that's like the best thing ever but is that exactly in the science fiction fantasy did you always start in that realm well yes I started the short stories tended to be more science fiction and then when yeah. I started my first novel it was fantasy 
Yeah, right. Which is yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I read widely in both. I enjoy both. So so it made sense that I was going to write to something that I knew a lot about because I read, you know, they always tell new writers that if you want to write in a certain genre, then you should be reading in that genre so you know what's been written and what's been done before. Yeah. So so when I um when I started with the short stories, yeah, it was definitely like science fiction, like that 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 story in college that I never finished. Basically, it was uh, a, like a futuristic setting where this the all the fish in the sea were were gone, and they were um they they needed to get the fish back, so they put in like little um time traveling things in the ocean so that the fish could swim into the future, and then they'd have fish again. But this one, she's a, she was a scuba diver and she accidentally swims through the little portal to the future. I so love that, that. The basis of it. And, you know, it had that science fiction element, but then I didn't get very far into, into the characters or what happens now that she's in the future. But it was a fun kind of like um, a little bit uh, oh, Buck Rogers kind of thing. Yeah. You know, where they, get, they wake up in the future. Yeah. At the same time, yeah. also very scary and relevant with everything that we're doing with right now, because you can start to think, it's like, oh. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's this, was, this was quite a bit ago that I was talking about warming oceans, because I did, you know, with the, in, with the meteorology, you did yes. some, a lot of climatology classes, and the climatology class back in the 80s was already talking about climate change and the warming temperatures already, and that was yeah. back in the, the science was pointing that way. Yeah. And... So I guess that that kind of informed some of my writing as well. You know, I have a little bit of dystopian tendencies sometimes. I was going to say, like everything with um everything with what you studied with meteorology has, even though it's a completely different degree and a you know you, you had that career for a bit, but I feel like it's definitely helped. Everything like that like moves into your writing, right? Like all the different layers of what you've studied. You you know yes. you can put into it, so that's amazing as well. It's not like a a wasted degree at all. <laughs> no. no, no, there's all kinds of weather references throughout my books. Yeah. I mean, I have storm dancers yeah. who harvest energy from storms in in glass orbs in my glass books. I mean, that's like a clean energy. Think about it. If you can take the energy from like a hurricane and bottle it in these glass orbs, and then use that energy for your factories. That's clean energy, and it also is saving people's lives because this big storm is no longer, you know, coming on shore. I mean, sure, that they take the energy out of it, but there's still the rain and stuff. But you know, you you take something that that you could do that, and I wish we could do that in today's society, but you know, we can't. We don't have the um, the technology to do that because you know those big storms can that can fuel the world's energy. Yeah, like one hour hurricane power. Ooh, I like that. Sorry. Yeah, I love that. Uh, just got an idea. Um, uh, can, yes, all the world's energy needs uh, for a day in a one hour storm. Isn't that amazing? Oh, I did not I know guess. that. That's amazing. Yeah, I, didn't know, I did not know that. I think that's also why I love reading science fiction fantasy because it's, it, like you said, you've got that, that heavy side of just science fiction. It's not heavy, but a lot of the things are in there could be true and could be things that yeah. we are doing you know what I mean without having to go really into the nitty-gritty of it but it it makes right. sense yeah yeah there, a lot of the authors are kind of predicting the near future or what's going to happen and some of it has come true obviously yeah and some of it has not come true at all <laughs> we don't have any flying cars and I think it's <laughs> a good thing because <laughs> people have 
have a hard enough time driving in two dimensions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I went on a bit of a tangent there. I want to take it back. So you said that your first, um, <laughs> your first short stories were you sending it? Like, were you sending into a publisher when you said you fir- they first, and then you were writing on your first novel while doing that? Is that how you would? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I tried to submit a bunch of short stories yeah. uh, to publishers, and of course they were all getting rejected. But um, but then when I started working on my novel, I kind of stopped with the short stories for a while yeah. because um, you know, like I said, I had limited amount of writing time, and yeah. I was thinking maybe short stories was not exactly in my wheelhouse. <laughs> uh, because yeah, it is. They are really hard. Yeah. And, um, for me now there are some writers that only write in the short form which is wow more power to them yeah absolutely I'm I'm with you on that and so your first novel when were you like okay when, when was the moment you're like okay I'm gonna get this signed, I'm gonna get this out there and and the rest of your journey began I kind of cut you off there I was about that. oh that's okay yeah we went down there we went we went off on a tangent that's fine yeah. that's what usually happens <laughs> Yeah, the first novel, well, it took me like three years to finish it because I was doing like a chapter a month. I had a writing critique group that oh, nice. I submitted a chapter a month to them and they would give me feedback, which was really invaluable. Mm. And then uh, when I finished it, I thought, you know, I think I have something here. So I worked on revisions for another year or two and then I started to submit it to various um, agents. I tried to get an agent first. Yeah. But um, I couldn't find one. I tried 48 different agents and nobody was interested. I think the reason why is my book was more like, I, I'll call it fan. Okay. So where was I? <laughs> um, you were looking for an agent. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. 40 agents Crazy. rejected me. And then I went right to publishers and I made a list of 20 publishers. And when I got to, I think, I think it was up to 17 rejections from publishers and then I saw about uh Harlequin yeah was doing a new imprint they were looking for fantasy stories with strong female protagonists and romantic subplots and I thought well I definitely have the strong female protagonists that that was not an issue the romantic subplot mm, is kind of iffy but a lot of my readers tell me that it wasn't iffy that it wasn't really what they really enjoyed about the story so yeah. I submitted it kind of on a whim like saying oh why not and they loved it and then they took it and they were like well we'll take this book in a second book because you have a second book right and I was like oh, yeah sure. <laughs> second book, no problem. <laughs> and then the, and then the theory and then it was well how soon do you need book two <laughs> And then it, fortunately with publishing, you know, there's a big lead time. Like they, they set their schedules. So Poison Study wasn't going to come out for another two years. Yep. So I had at least like a year and a half to write the second book. So yeah. uh, that was good. I absolutely Because my daughter had just gone, my youngest had just started kindergarten and she was, it was half day kindergarten. So I'm like, I could write while she's at school. Perfect. So, and then it's like a whole structure of like, this is what's happening. And, and that's how yeah. it all began. Yes. And then also it was like, oh, I don't have to go back to work. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. My husband's like, hmm, that was really good timing on your part. <laughs> so this is what I want to know. Like, how do, how do ideas come to you? Like, when do you get your best ideas? And when are you like, okay, that's when I'm actually going to act 
worked on or that's one I'm like, mm, I probably wouldn't do. You know what I mean? How does it how does it all come to you? Where where are you best inspired? Well, it's it's a variety of things, actually. I could be inspired by something I read. Yeah. Uh, in like in an article. Or like I read an article about the New Orleans, those um the parade, you know, the yep. cruise, they call them the cruise. Yeah. And how that if you're a member for life, unless you break one of their rules, and one of the rules is taking off your mask during a parade. And it gave me the idea of a society where they wear masks every day of the year except Halloween. So this was all before the pandemic because I know now masks have a whole new meaning. Um, so so that gave me the idea for my for my one horror story, actually. So it was something I read. I could see something on TV or I do travel quite a bit. Um, I came, I was in England at the bath you know, the Roman yeah. baths, and, yeah. um, you know, they give tokens to the goddess Minerva, I believe, and I haven't written this one yet, but um, I haven't, you know, they ask for a favor, and if the favor comes true, they're supposed to go back and give her a token or, or something, and what happens if she, they don't go back, and then I had this, I had this idea of a person in, in today's world that has really horrible luck, the family's just had horrible luck, and then she traces it back to their ancestor who forgot to give, you know, the goddess her oh, her queen. I love so, this. I love yeah, this so much. much. Yeah, <laughs> but I haven't written that one yet. I don't know if it would be a short story or, uh, or a, a full novel. So, you know, I write yeah. them all down, though. Yeah. I, I make sure I have a notebook, a very old-fashioned uh, notebook. I, I keep one for all my novels. Here, I have one sitting here. Oh, my gosh. I and love that. so I'll just write the idea down in here. And then if, if I need to, I can go back and read through. But um, yeah, so it's a combination of travel. It's talking to somebody or it's something going on in the world. Like with the Hurricane Katrina yeah. is what inspired the whole uh, taking energy from storms and bottling it. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it killed so many people and it did so much damage. And I remember watching it because, you know, I'm fascinated with big storms. And, you know, Category 5, and there was like, like at least five Category 5 storms that year. I mean, it was Katrina, it was Will, it was Rita, um, Wilma, Fred, Barney, Bam Bam, sorry. Um, that's an old reference. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I get it, yeah. <laughs> the Flintstones, yes. Yeah. It was a whole Flintstones of, of Category 5 <laughs> storms. And, um, you know, I just was thinking, wow, it's a shame we can't just take out that energy and and then so that led to being able to take out the energy using magic I love it I love and it. that uh, that came that the the glass books you know storm glass sea glass and spy glass just to confuse everybody yeah no <laughs> I even love how you like um I love the names and how you've like of, of all your books they're so it's all it's all well branded. It's all put together under you, essentially. Like I really, I really love how you've done that as well. But um, do you have like a one that you were say listeners are reading right? Sorry, listeners are listening, not reading, listening into this right now, and they're like, okay, what one would I want to jump on first? Where would you, where would you kind of direct people, essentially? Well, if they're in, if they like fantasy, yeah, fantasy is something they enjoy. Then I would definitely say Poison Study, yeah, to start. Or you can also start with the study of poisons. Yeah, which is the same story, but from Valak's point of view. So it's a companion novel. 
And I, I written it hopefully that people can start with that book as well as starting with poison study. So I would say either one of those if you're fantasy. Yeah. If you like a little bit more traditional fantasy, that would be my Eyes of Tambura. Yeah. Which is a fantasy set on a desert world where they live in big underground cities and they've lost track of their buildings and stuff because the sand has covered everything and the water table has gone really low. Yes, you will find lots of wow. uh, meteorology, hydrology type stuff in my books. And this one happens to be more of the the water, you know, and so so that's another one if you're more into the world setting. I mean, yeah. the characters are still very important to me. They're always the most important. But then if you're into science fiction, if you like that science fiction, then Navigating the Stars is a fun book. Uh, I deal with the time dilation. Uh, it's terracotta warriors in space is how I call it. I uh, those terracotta warriors that they were found in China. I don't know if you know about them. Uh, back in the 70s, there's yeah. like thousands of them that were buried under the sand. And so they found these warriors on other planets in the solar system. Or not the solar system, in the galaxy. Wow. I keep it in the Milky Way because it's big enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is amazing. I, I need to jump onto that one. I'm really I'm really excited about that one. I need to get, I need to download that straight away. Navigating the Stars is, um, I love the book for a couple reasons. Okay, so the main character, she's 17, almost 18. Yeah. And she just, like, refuses to be ignored. She's just like, in my head, she was like, it's first person, present tense, because she's telling the story right now. Yeah. And then the other thing, and she talks to the readers too. She'll she'll make uh, comments to the reader. I love that. And, I love moments of like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing is she has her, her parents are these experts in these warriors. So every time they discover a new planet has these warriors on it, they travel to the new planet. And so her parents are not, are alive and well. And they're part of her life, which so many YA books, the parents are not part of the lives. Mm. They're horrible parents or they're dead or they're yeah. on drugs or they're abusive, which I can't read that. But um, I just, you know, I liked having parents that were involved. And she's like, well, I need to go out and save the galaxy. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, who are you going with? You know, <laughs> what time will you be back? Um, and, uh, you know, isn't there someone else who can save the galaxy? You know, you're 70. <laughs> so, so I love I love that and I I have her she's um her her father's like uh from British and then her mother is like from China you know, from the because I wanted to have representation because these, yeah. these these warriors are Chinese they're from uh the emperor you know he uh he, he wanted an army to follow him into the afterlife which is a really cool concept there yeah. I've always been fascinated with these warriors and um so she was it. So I made her sort of like that tiger mom that was very much, you know, got to succeed. And yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. I love this so much. Oh my God. I'm yeah. dying to read this already. I I love that. Everyone needs to jump on nav navigating the stars. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I use, you know, the time dilation because if you're going to travel very fast, you know, time gets kind of wonky. And so, you know, she leaves her friends behind. And by the time she reaches a new planet, they're 50 years old and she's still 18. So, yeah. you know, there's that whole, I like how, you know, um, space travel is just ruining her social life. Yeah. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Oh my God. I yeah, love this so much. Book. I love, I, I had a lot of fun writing that book. 
Yeah, especially at that time of age when she's 17, it would, you know, I makes like stakes so much higher and, and really yeah. like you can go really get it. Yeah, and it's a little bit more realistic for what she gets involved in. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. Now you just, you just said that you had like a, another amazing idea you were telling us about. So wh- what are you writing now? Like what is your, your kind of daily schedule look like? Are you kind of still writing most days? What's, what's going on? Well, I, I re- just released that the study of poisons. So yeah. a lot of my effort was going into marketing and getting, yeah. you know, arts out and uh, doing book signings and the conferences and stuff like that. So, but now that's all settling down. And what I'm working on right now is I had written a bunch of short stories based in that study world. Like, you oh, know, wow. Ice Study and Power Study, Assassin Study. They were all short stories or novellas involved in the um, the study world, the yeah. study glass world. Because the glass books are also set in that world as well. Yeah. So what I'm doing is I'm pulling them together into one collection. Because right now you can read them for free on my website. Yeah. But a lot of my readers were like, well, we want to actually have like a book or an ebook. So I'm pulling all that together right now and I'm writing a few new ones, new short stories, so that it makes the collection a little bit more attractive. Yeah. Um, for that. So so that's what I'm working on now. My next project, I think, I'm really considering doing a magic study from Valak's point of view. So it would be called the, the study of magic. Yeah. Because they, everybody really loves this new study of poisons. They love getting to know his insight. And plus, there's a lot of new stuff in it. It's not like the same old story because they're they're not together a lot. Yeah. So as a, for romance readers, they must be really frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> and the book two is worse. I was looking through magic study and they're not together till the middle of the book. <laughs> so what has he been doing for that last year? It keeps the suspense. Know. They're trying to get through it together. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, because I, I I bring my characters together pretty much book one because I can't stand that dragging it out for five books. I know yeah. some authors do that and that's that's fine, but I just can't I can't do that. I can't have that slow burn like over four books. Yeah, no, I'm, no. I'm listening to a series now, and finally book four they might confess their love, but oh, maybe that's not. a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Frustrating to me is. So, but then I tend to get them together and then just tear them apart. <laughs> you've got to have that. You've got to have yeah. that part. You got to. I mean, they're still together. It's just they're not physically together. Yeah, they're yeah. all staying in the world on different. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Now, I actually want to dive. I want to know because I haven't asked anyone this on the podcast yet, actually. And it is what is would be your advice when it comes to creating a short story. Because I, I like I know you said that they're hard, which I appreciate because I feel like some people find them easy. But when it comes to short stories, you've actually done a lot, and then bringing your next one together and writing even more. What would you say is like the main difference you've got to have between that and a novel, and and what would be your advice of short stories? Well, short stories you have to look at them as like a small slice of life, so you can't go into a lot of background. Mm. details on your characters you can have a lot of characters because once you start having more characters it's really hard to jump to juggle all of them so you really have to kind of pare it down not a lot of subplots maybe not even a subplot just the main plot of the story and it does have to have kind of a satisfying ending usually with short stories I have to know the ending before I start because that helps me yeah. Uh, in a book, a novel, I'm, I don't know the ending usually. It's like driving, you know, I'm like, I know I'm going to end up 
out in California, but how I get there, I have no idea. Yeah. And who knows where I'm going to land in California. I might be San Francisco, but it might not be. I might be San Diego. Yeah. So books give me a little bit more room to kind of like find my way, but not short story. You got to know, is it San Francisco or San Diego? <laughs> for me anyway. I mean, all yep. writers have different processes, but that's what works for me and keeping it. So when I start writing a short story, I'll start going into backstory and I'll start laying subplots and I'll have to go, oh, no, no. <laughs> so I already have a whole full, whole another document that's just deleted scenes from my short stories because I keep trying to put too much into them and I have to keep taking it out. But I save that. Yeah. That makes little extras for readers. Like I have a newsletter that I send yeah. out like four times a year and I'll put in little extras like that just to make it. You know, if you're a subscriber, you're getting these little extras um, that other That's people fun. aren't getting. So yeah, yeah. yeah. they all make use. So it's not wasted. Yeah, nothing is wasted. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too many ways. Not too many wasted words. Um, I love that. I love that so much. And just about building structure. And I guess it's like you have to give so much about a character away in different ways rather than going into that backstory, right? Like, and which is hard. But <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's what readers like, you know, they like to know more about the characters, they like to be, you know, hear where they came from, or, you know, how they got to that particular spot, but you can't do too much of that in short stories, and I know readers, some readers don't like short stories, just for that reason, they're not getting, yeah, yeah, they're only getting little bites instead of like a full sandwich. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, I could talk to you forever, but I am running out of time, so I have just a couple of questions. It came up. I just have a couple of quick questions for you. Now, um, a lot of people who are listening to this podcast are are writers as well as readers, but what would be the number one advice that you would pass on to anyone who's writing something right now, working on a manuscript, whether they've published a couple of books or, you know, they're just on to their their, their first one? What's the number one advice you would pass on to any writer? Well, I always always use persistence because, you know, it's hard to get through a novel. Mm-hmm. to finish it so many people start novels or start stories and never finish because once you get past that beginning excitement then you get into the hard part which is that middle yeah. and I teach a class like called you know the saggy middle like it's just a cold hard slog to get from the exciting beginning to the exciting conclusion you know so it's just a matter of persisting on a daily or however you know when you write basis just to get through that all and actually finish the book I mean resist the temptation to revise yeah you won't know the true beginning of your story until you actually finish the novel Mm -hmm. so just get it out I mean it could be terrible who's going to see it nobody's going to see it just get the book written and then you can go back in and revise and make it better and then you might see that oh really the book starts really at chapter three because you know, I needed those two chapters just to get kind of warmed up. And I've, I've told students that many times, like, no, you're at your, your beginning is right here on like page 50. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, um, but you don't know that until it's done. So finish the, 